If you're out there in the void and you don't like stickers, hit us up on our social media. Tell us you don't like stickers. And then kill yourself because you're an idiot because stickers are amazing. Wow. You just sounded like everyone on Twitter. I'm a podcaster. I'm supposed to sound like the internet. Oh, uh, yeah, everybody. People... Welcome to the media. Oh. Don't interrupt my intros. Ever are good. Don't you I'm ever sorry. fucking I, I interrupt my I, intros. I didn't think it was good enough to start. You son of a bitch. How I dare didn't you? feel it. That is the cardinal sin of this show. You'd never interrupt my intros. I will come over there and cut you like a fish. <laughs> Is this good enough? Can I do it now? Yeah, please go ahead. <laughs> All right, now I got to build back up to it. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wait, no, hold on. So what I was going to ask is, what do we give people who don't like stickers? A pegging? Sounds good enough to me. We're going <laughs> to, Woody, what's that thing? We're going to cane him. That's it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're in a violent mood today. I really am. It's the end of the night. All right, let's do this. <laughs> uh, yeah, that felt weird. No. See, now you interrupted it. You son of a bitch, Andrew. You rotten hell, you dirty motherfucker. <laughs> everybody welcome to the media lunch break bringing you all of your comic geek and movie news all the time it takes to eat a good sandwich and go on some sort of weird tirade <laughs> my name is chris treble alongside me as always is my co-host andrew dunn i got through that a bit of rage say hello andrew if you have a tirade every week is it a weird tirade they're all they're all a little off I'm not gonna lie. That was very odd. That was very wow. wow. I really felt like I worked through something on that one. It was it was I don't know what it was like to listen to, but that was a roller coaster of a ride for me getting through that. It was fraught. Yeah. Wow. Holy shit. I had to take a piss and take a nap on that one. Wow. <laughs> It's not a phrase, but it sounds like it should be. Yeah. Do you need to do that right now? Do you want to get back to this? You want to take a nap and we'll wake up at two in the morning and finish the episode? <sighs> yeah, but can we keep recording the entire time? Because <laughs> I want to. I also want you to hear my night terrors. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've heard them. <laughs> That's true. We should make my night terrors one of the Patreon episodes. That'd be entertaining. Yeah, that'd be great. Just six hours of... <laughs> First of all, I shared that with you in confidence, you son of a bitch. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, you made a super cut of my uhs, so this ain't nothing. <laughs> Everyone should go over to Patreon to listen to that. It's absolutely free. Go to Patreon to listen to it. Also, go to Patreon and listen to our completely solid endgame theory. Yeah, it's actually really good. It's actually amazing it's really great i don't want to spoil it but it, it would explain the reason that we have spider-man and black panther in the mcu still and it's really solid it's really pretty solid anyway what the hell are we talking about we talk about <laughs> comics and geek and movie news on this podcast right that's right we were, we were talking jokes we were not talking about your existential metaphysical problems which is quite a joke what are we talking about today we are talking about captain marvel yeah yeah now chris yes i heard that this movie was feminist propaganda and that it was gonna be a slap in the face to all men and it was was it it was yeah i thought so yeah. too it was a mushroom stamp in the face of men boom yeah yeah let's get into this movie i thought you're gonna be like all right let's move on <laughs> 
let's go to the reading assignments. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> this is one of those rare occasions you and I have seen a movie. <laughs> we didn't see it together, but we've both seen the same movie. Yeah. How did we feel about Captain Marvel? The movie or the person? The movie. Let's go with the movie first. Okay, yeah. So on the whole, I would put it in like my top 10 Marvel movies, to be honest. Yeah. I would actually agree with you on that. Um, it's hard for me to figure out where. some. I told that to someone the other day and they asked me like, oh, well, like, you know, what number and what movies is it better than or worse than? And I was like, once it gets that high, like, I was like, I, I wanted to say like top four, top five, but then I was like, okay, we've got Spider-Man Homecoming, Infinity War, Black Panther, Civil War, the, you know, there's a lot of heavy hitters. Yeah, the problem is at this point, there are so many Marvel movies. Yeah, it's hard to crack that top five. I think it, it made the number three spot in opening weekend box office numbers. So there you go. Yes. Yeah. And I think it deserves it. I think this is a really excellent movie. It's really well done. Yeah. I think it has problems, but I don't think those problems overpower the pros with the movie. Yes. Why don't we get into the problems and we'll kind of end on, on some of the pros just because why? why well, it's like we used to do when we started. Yes. We would tear stuff down and then build it up. And then build it back up. So let's, let's get back into that. So let's start with some of your problems and then I'll get into some of mine. Sure. I really only had three. One of them is like a medium sized one and the other two are very small. The medium sized one is the CGI. Okay. A lot of the CGI just didn't cut it. A lot of the stuff in the beginning and in outer space is really good. Mm -hmm. There was something about that final scene, probably the most important climactic scene in the movie where she's... Oh, by the way, uh, should we do spoilers? You know what? Just spoilers for the entire movie. So when she's flying around and, like, knocking nukes out of the sky, I felt like her suit just wasn't... It was a little cartoony. Right. I said that in our Captain Marvel video, that that's the scene that, to me, looked a lot like Neo fighting Agent Smith. Yeah. Uh, And I think part of that is because when Iron Man puts on his suit, it's the whole suit. But I think a big part of it was that you could still see her mouth Mm -hmm. and that it just doesn't work well with the CGI. Yeah, because then you get that rubbery skin effect. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. The other two small things... She felt a little too teenager sarcastic for me, which is a product of the 90s. Like, I'm sure that's what they were going for. Sure. Some of the scenes just felt a little heavy handed at times. Like the monologue from, I can't remember the character's name, but her friend, Maria? Maria Rambo? Yes, I think it's Maria. It's a beautiful monologue, but like, it just is in this movie that's pretty light most of the time, it gets a little heavy handed. I actually, I'm not disagreeing with you on the CGI. It didn't bug me. Like I didn't bump on it, but I definitely can see what you're saying. I think by the end of the movie, I was just kind of like, all right, I know where this is going and she's going to, and this is kind of cool to watch her blowing a bunch of shit up. So I just didn't notice it, but I can definitely see how, if you notice it, then that's, it's one of those things. Like if you notice it, that's all you can see. I actually agree with you. And for me, that was more, it was a little bigger of a problem for me than I think it sounds like it was for you. But the. I was going to say as well, uh, one quick thing. I, I didn't have a problem with it, but I understand people's problems with the flurkin scratching out Samuel L. Jackson's eye. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I understand the problem. By the way, I will also say, I'm pretty sure we called that like way in advance. There's a good chance. Yeah. yeah I'm pretty sure if we go, I don't know what episode it is, but I think. Yeah. I think we called that 
that that cat takes out his eye. Yeah, and Lord knows you're not going to go back and listen for it. God, no. <laughs> so if you're out there in the void and you know which episode it is, hit us up because I, I do, I'm kind of curious on which one it is. But I'm not going to listen to these fucking things. <laughs> anyway, I'm like not hot on that idea that it was a cat that took out Nick Fury's eye. It's The problem is it's funny in the movie, but then in the scope of 20 movies, it's not actually that funny. And it kind of doesn't even make sense. It's throwing it away. You have a great opportunity to give us some backstory on a character we know nothing about. And it's a huge aspect of that character it's a huge detail on that character it's an iconic detail on that character yes and you're right you're throwing it away i think i would have preferred it more if they kept the joke running and then he didn't get his eye scratched out yeah i agree you know what i mean that they were like this is it this is the movie where you get there and then you and then it doesn't happen and you're like and then he's fine oh you thought we were gonna let that be the eye coming out come on i get it it's a little like if we didn't know where captain america got his shield and they're like we're gonna tell you where he got it from oh he just found it he found it on the side of the road yeah it was at a bus stop yeah (laughs) so yeah i can understand understand people's problem with that um my I think my the one huge thing that that really bugged me throughout the movie and this is you kind of mentioned this and like I said this was my I think really my only actual problem with the movie but it was so prevalent throughout it kept it kept pulling me out of it and I hate to, <laughs> I'm going to use this phrase knowing it's a hot button phrase on purpose um, I kind of wished she would smile more. And let me explain what I mean by that. You misogynist. I know. No, but let me explain what I mean by that. They kept giving giving her all this like good one-liners while she was fighting and these kind of funnier lines and things like that. Yeah. And they were they just seemed really dead. I think a lot of the problem is direction. Because I've seen Brie Larson in a lot of good stuff. And she's really good. And she's really charismatic. And she's really natural. And she's really funny. And I think this was either direction from the Captain Marvel directors. Or I think there's a good chance that the Russos or Kevin Feige or Kathleen Kennedy or somebody said they want her to change and be more charismatic in Endgame 20 years later. You know what I mean? Right. And I get that. I'm agreeing with you that I think that's that's a mistake because <laughs> you're still making a movie a it's a mistake to do it that way but b also if they want them to do that then you got to take out all the one-liners you can't give her you can't give her like during that and i love that fight scene of her getting off the ship when her hands are in, still in those things right right right. and she kept having all these little quips and it, it, writing wise i was like those are those are good quips like i'm yeah. good with all of this dialogue but it also it feels like there's no conflict in the scene right right because it feels like nothing's at stake but for me also when she's quipping stuff, I'm like, there's no, like... And this is where I actually had the thought of, like... I kind of agree with the whole... Oh, she a smile more thing of, like... She doesn't seem to be, like, fun. Either you're fighting for your life and you're not quipping. Right. Or if this is easy for you when you're quipping, then you're enjoying yourself a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I agree with you. I think there's a third option, though. I think either of those work... But there is the thing that, and maybe they were trying to steer her away from this, because there are a lot of people in the MCU who already do this. Right. Tony Stark, when he quips in the middle of the fight, he has a look on his face like he thinks this could be the last thing he says, and he's okay with that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he thinks that he there's a potential that he could die in this fight, but it's okay because he's made this joke. Right. <laughs> so, like, you can have conflict and make these quips, but she didn't reach any of those three choices. Yeah, and the other thing that kind of goes along with it is the dynamic between Nick Fury and her 
along the same lines, they kept giving this playful banter between the two, and it felt slightly unearned in that the whole story is this person who doesn't understand Earth or any of its customs or anything like that, and yet they're jokey-joking like they've known each other for 20 years when they were in that um, in that bar that she visited. Yeah. And they have this, like, witty banter to it. And I get you want them to warm up to each other, but if, it felt like we had missed a couple of conversations, and now they're on a different level. And I was like, wait, we haven't gotten there yet. I also, like, in that bar... He says, like, how do I know you're not a scroll? And she, like, fires a laser out of her hand. And I wanted to be like, how the fuck does he know that means you're not a scroll? Yeah, and the next line should have been like, how do I know you're not a scroll? <laughs> There's little things as well like that. I think as well, I think it's a mistake to say that she should have smiled more. I don't think that... I'm, I'm using that, I'm using right? that beca- just because it's a... Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not literally saying... I'm not actually one of those misogynists who's like, she should smile more, honey. Right, right, right. But here's here's why I bring that up. I don't think that's the right way to go. Because they were doing what we love. We love that Ant-Man is a heist movie. We love that Winter Soldier is an espionage movie. They were making a 90s sci-fi action, Terminator-style, mummy-style movie. The problem... so So it makes sense that she wouldn't, you know be a happy-go-lucky person, especially if she has amnesia, she doesn't understand Earth, um, because the Terminator didn't as well. That was his whole thing. He was very stone-faced. So where the problem that I think they came into contact with is that there's a reason we stopped making those movies, and it's because they're shitty. (laughs) We could watch Judgment Day, Terminator 2 Judgment Day again. Yeah. I remember that movie being very good. But I would not be surprised if I rewatched it and was like, Ugh. Uh, "It's funny. I just rewatched it a couple of weeks ago, and it's not—it's not bad. But you actually realize there's like no plot to that movie whatsoever, <laughs> right? So if it if it came out today, and if the MCU put out that movie, you'd be like, "Yeah, there's a reason we don't do these movies anymore. That we stopped doing. Them. It's not far enough away. Like it would have made sense to try to do like a B movie from the '60s, but do, I mean that's basically what Guardians of the Galaxy is, right? A B sci-fi movie from the '60s that we are now doing with these like crazy graphics, better acting, better direction, better cinematography. That's something that's 80 years ago. Like no one remembers when those movies were the thing to watch. Uh, but I'm willing to bet that. 20 years later, people were like, oh, this is much better. And we are 20 years after the 90s. And we're like, oh, these movies are much better than they were 20 years ago. So when you try to release a a 20-year-old movie today, it doesn't work. Yeah. I I think for me, it just was like, Oliver Line had no intention to it. It was just there. Like, she just said words. Again, to go back to that fight scene where her hands are in the thing, this is before she goes to Earth. So she's still in her element, you know? She's still technically in her element of, okay, I'm captured, but I'm a warrior and I've got this power and I can't use it, but I know how to fight my way out of this. And I kind of thrive on this and live for a good, uh, I spoil for a good fight. Um, So she's letting out all these quips and all these one-liners, but I'm like, I don't know what you're feeling in this moment. Like, do you feel like, are you doing this, like you said, the Tony Stark way where this is coming out because this could be the last thing you say, or it's coming out because you really are in a panic, or is it coming out because you have so much control over this situation? The way she was fighting, it seemed like she was fighting in a way of like, I have 100% control over this situation, and I'm going to kick all these guys' asses. I know I'm going to come out okay. Right. And so when she's letting out these quips, I'm like... When I said earlier, there's no conflict. That's what I mean. Right. But if there's no conflict for her, then as far as where the line is concerned then 
there is a playfulness to it of like this is nothing for me sure there's yeah but she it was just it just felt dead it just felt flat and a lot of the dialogue just felt kind of flat to me yeah and again when she's talking with nick fury this playful banter because it doesn't feel earned it just falls flat because none of it quite makes sense why are these people so okay with each other all of a sudden just because you're in a car together and pursuing a mutual goal does not mean that you two are okay with each other. So every scene could be just a little more of, I'm trying to figure you out, you're trying to figure me out on where we stand with everything. And you can have playfulness within that, but it has to be within that context. Yeah, definitely. That was, I mean, honest to God, that was really my only major problem with the movie. Can't think of anything else that I really had a big problem with. Yeah. Is there anything you actually had a problem with? Like a a con? Nah, I mean, not really. I wish that they had... Like, the whole point of Captain Marvel is that he slash she, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel, have the same powers as every other Kree, which might have been more interesting. There might have been more conflict in that to see how a bunch of people with these insane powers fight each other. Sure. Like, that definitely would have made the fight scene with... Yanrog more interesting. Right. But I don't think that's necessarily a hindrance. It's going to be interesting to see where they bring this character. Yes, absolutely. I think that I like the choice to make her unique with this power. Yeah. Um, because I think it goes towards the theme that they were that they were going for, which we can start to talk about now in, in prose, is, is that I like the idea that the final conflict comes down to the idea of, like, I'm, we're not just going to beat the shit out of each other and see who wins. Like, I'm just going to... You know, when he's saying, like, you have to try and fight me on my terms. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to bring up that this movie had, I think, the balance of that kind of humor that Thor Ragnarok tipped too heavily on the scales. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, Thor Ragnarok is all about those jokes. Yes. The first Avengers had one of them. Right. And it's where Loki's yelling at the Hulk, and then the Hulk starts, you know, going crazy on him. Yeah. And this one, I feel like, got the balance right on that. Yeah. Um, Those, like, the, the cat the flirk and scratching out Samuel Jackson's eye. Like I didn't have a problem with it because if the whole movie had been those quippy jokes and um, what's the New Zealand guy's name? <laughs> Taika Waititi. It, you know, if it had been him yelling, piss off ghost, you know, for two hours or whatever, right? Um, it would have, it would have gotten to me, but you know, I, I like that, you know, halfway through a sentence, Jude Law is doing one last Hail Mary and it just doesn't work. <laughs> and, yeah. And she doesn't even uh, give it a thought. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, I think that's fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, that sequence of the three versions of her standing up, it like put, made my hair stand on end. Yeah. I thought it was great. It was beautiful. I'm trying to think. Casting was great. This is the other thing I wanted to say. Let me actually look up this actress's name because you started to talk about her. And I wanted to actually talk about her as well. Maria Rambo? Uh, yes. I want to shout out the, this actual actress's name. Because I understand what you were saying about the monologue itself. And like I said, it's beautiful. She does a great job with it. It just feels like it comes out of nowhere. In fact, it feels like Brie Larson should be giving that monologue. Like, we need her to have some emotional depth to this character. And instead, they give it to the others. You know what? The, uh, yes, I agree with you. However, by the way, her name is Lashana Lynch. And for me, she was the breakout star of... She was like the breakout VIP of this yeah. movie. I mean, she's she's a fucking brick. Like, she just nails it. She crushes that monologue. It's unbelievable. And you know what? Here's the thing. I actually bought that and I was fine with everything that was going on. And I think it's this. Is that it gives this great idea of like... 
time kept going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, while Brie Larson's character doesn't feel anything because for her, it's kind of a split, se- you know, it everything disappeared in a moment and she doesn't feel anything for this because she doesn't remember any of it. Yeah. For these people, time kept going. Right. And so now you have this character who has all of this pent up feeling that she's been she has had nowhere really to release it for years and this person walks through her door again and she's like i can i need to dump all this on you right now like i need to tell you all this um and it's not even the words that she's saying it's just about what the whole scene is about of like you are my best friend and you don't even know it and i miss you so much she just crushed that scene. She, she, Lashana Lynch was the breakout star for me in this movie. I agree. I just think that like Brie Larson should have had something. And I also think that that's a weird scene to have that happen in. Like that monologue should have been given at the end of the scene where they're eating breakfast together or whatever they're doing, where they're in the kitchen just chatting. Because it's weird that like the scroll is like, can you help my people, please? And she's like, I don't know if I can. And she's like, I know you can't. Like, it gets a little, it's just, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I love them. I mean, she's, she uh, she's, this is going to sound bad, but I mean it as a compliment. That actress is the perfect tool. Like, they gave her this monologue that for anyone else would have been weird. And it would have been a strange movie to put the monologue in. It would have been a strange scene to put the monologue in. But she nails it right to the wall. She makes it work so well. Yeah. Also, that character's daughter is going to be 20 years older once we go back to the present. And uh, there's some rumors circulating that she could take over for Tony Stark and be Riri Williams or Ironheart. Oh, I would actually love that. Right. That would be cool. Great. And that actually would be fantastic. Yeah. Cool. All right. I like the Flurkin. I have a hunch that she's going to get a new one because in the comics, her Flurkin's name is Chewy. In this one, it's Goose. So I have a hunch she's going to find another one soon. I think that's all. I like the writing. I like the plot. Yeah. I like the characters. I like the actors. Ben Mendelsohn shines as well. Ben Mendelsohn is is really great in it. Yeah. I mean, the twist was phenomenal. I think that was brilliantly done. I did not see it coming. And it changed the entire movie for me. Same. Really good. I'm going to put this out there. This is going to be a weird thing to just like drop and then try and move on from it. But uh, I will say this. In a world where Black Panther got nominated for Best Picture, I think there's an argument for this getting nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, I could at least see, um, I've already forgotten her name, but Maria Rambo getting nominated for Supporting. Right. I think because Black, I think Black Panther got nominated for me black panther was a a pretty good movie but there's one major flaw in it that really it doesn't put it over the top for me i thought it was pretty good but not great and story-wise i don't think it's worth a best picture nomination but what it does for you know um um black actors and minority actors uh and proving and viewers and and viewers as well yeah that it gets a nomination and on the flip side if that can get a nomination for that, then what this does for female performers yeah. and artists Same. and viewers and fans, it should get a nomination just as much. Yeah, that's a good call. I will say as well, I think it helped that there were like 40 nominated movies. Yeah, that it definitely did. But they're going to do that again. They've been doing like 10 nominations. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah I could see that. Yeah. All right. Let's go on to, uh, should we do reading assignments? Let's. 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 Um, so last... When last we met, I had assigned you um, Batman Earth One, uh, Volume One, 
But if you get to, through Volume 1 and Volume 2, that's great. I think you told me you got through part of Volume 1, all of vol- Volume 1? I'm almost halfway through Volume 1. Okay, that's fine. That I, I think that gives enough of a taste of what this world is yeah to i'm planning on finishing it you're right it's a very quick read yeah i know because i started reading it an hour before we started recording <laughs> excellent <laughs> uh i you know what is my favorite thing about this storyline so far what's that it's that i don't know what year this was written but i can tell because of the way commissioner gordon looks that it's after the nolan trilogy it is after the nolan trilogy you know how i know because it's gary goddamn Oldman. Oldman. yeah I believe it's right before the premiere of Gotham, the show Gotham. So Gotham is in its fifth season. So it's probably like six, maybe seven years old. Okay. So yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Earth One is kind of the series of books that DC has put out. These are kind of new origin stories for all their major characters, but they are allowing the people writing them to kind of divert either minor details or sometimes even major details from what the normal origin story is uh, and allow them to kind of operate in their own space which is kind of interesting and sometimes you get interesting results with this um batman earth one is one of my personal favorites so i'm curious on what you're thinking of it as you're midway through i'm not i'm curious enough to keep reading okay like i'm not i'm not gonna walk out of this movie okay but uh i'm not on board yet I, I don't it's it's hard for me it's taken a long time to get going because like i'm halfway through and i could explain everything to you that's happened in like two sentences sure and nothing of note really you know a lot of it has been set up like a lot of it is the wayne family being killed and um how we meet how we meet um british mcgee what's his name alfred <laughs> alfred and uh you know i i gotta say though if we can someday get an, a Pennyworth show with this Alfred. Yes. That would be pretty cool. Yes. Well, the Pennyworth show, uh, uh, sorry, the Pennyworth show, I think is based on the Gotham Alfred, which the reason I, I know that this was written slightly before Gotham is that that Alfred is kind of like this Alfred in that he's a former, like, you know, British soldier and has combat training and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this is very early Batman. Yes. As well. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing yet. Commissioner Gordon is not a commissioner. Detective? Officer? Something like that. uh, I believe he's a detective. Yeah. I think he's a detective. And then Harvey Bullock. Yeah, that's an interesting rendition of him. That's the one I actually, the thing I love the most. Yeah. Is that, is the new rendition of of Harvey Bullock. Yeah, he's very interesting. Because he, he's not such an oaf. Because that's what he traditionally is, right? He's kind of like a bumbling... Yes. He doesn't really know... He's not bright. Yeah. Or even just a gruff, dirty, old school detective cop, like seen everything, calloused over type of guy. And this is the opposite. He's like super fresh-faced, wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. Right. It's a good... Yeah, it's a good adaptation of that character. I'm not sold on Bruce Wayne yet. Like, I'm not sold on Batman as a character. I like we're introduced to... um, I can't remember his first name. Fox. Um, Morgan Freeman. Lucius. Lucius. Lucius Fox as a young, like, tech guy. Like that you just refer to all the comic characters as people who have played them in the past. Yeah, well, that's, again, all these characters look exactly like the people that they were portrayed by in the Nolan movies. You're like, I like that one villain that's in it. What's his name? Meredith Burgess. What's his name? (laughs) I mean, it works. You know who I'm talking about. It's true. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I've seen, um, you know, I like Cobblepot. You know, what's his face? Danny DeVito. Yeah. He's good. 
I've gotten a little bit into the birthday boy as well, which is an interesting character. Yes, that's when it starts to get really interesting. I haven't gotten too far into that. You're right. You're right in that it is halfway is that halfway through it like i can understand the first half is kind of slow they purposely wrote these as it's very long form so this is not like individual it's not a this is definitely a graphic novel as compared to a trade paperback where it's not okay a collection of individual issues this is meant to be one long okay issue so i think there's there's that arc to it i'm trying to remember who the villain in the second one is because if you can make it through to the second one, the whole thing of the intro is done. You're you're jumping right into the story. The uh, I remember there's four different faces on the cover. Of the second one. Yes, there are. I think it's Two-Face. I think the villain is Two-Face. Okay, I was going to say, is it like Killer Croc? There, it looks like there's like a Killer Croc looking dude on there it. There is a Killer Croc. Well, and Harvey Dent's an interesting character in volume one as well. We see that he bullied Bruce at a young age. I may, for my next reading assignment, give you another set of Earth Ones, just because there's another set that I really enjoy. Speaking of Batman, did you see the cast for the cartoon Hush movie? No. It's not crazy. Uh, it's, in fact, it's mostly people I don't know. Kevin Conroy isn't Batman, which is kind of a shame. But Jerry O'Connell is playing Superman, which I thought was interesting. I think he's done it before. Has he done it before? I Here's, think. Here are the ones that really jumped out at me, though. Okay. Uh, Tara Strong is just, it sounds like she's just doing a cameo as a reporter. And Lex Luthor is played by Rain Wilson. Ooh, that's interesting. Right? There's a lot of Superman people in this. I know Superman is in one issue of, of the Hush series, but they don't ever go to Metropolis. I don't know why. There's a lot of characters in this that are not in the... Um, that are not in the Hush series. Comic is the word you're looking for. I know it's a hard one for you to remember doing a comic book podcast and all. Um, you know what's really interesting? Is the way that you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know what? I don't know how who told you that I was able to do that, but uh, you know what? What I do in my spare time by myself is my business. Not when the video's out. So what have you got for me, sir? I have for you one infinity gauntlet oh two shay i've never read it okay we're both gonna read it we're gonna talk about it first impressions on this podcast and then we're also for endgame the goal is to put out a video of the two of us discussing uh what's similar and what's different after endgame or before endgame haven't decided but the idea i think as of now the idea is that endgame will likely be the second half of the infinity gauntlet story arc Either we'll talk about what we think is going to happen in Endgame based on the comic and the the first movie, or we'll wait until that's over and just hash it all out at one time. Because I don't want to hear any of this fucking, oh, I've got a family bullshit. You're seeing that movie. Oh, no, I'm seeing this movie. And I'm going to text you ten times as soon as tickets go on sale. That's it, then. Isn't it? That's all That's all she wrote. I think, I think it is it. Yes, it is it. Therefore, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yes. Hey, Andrew. What? I said yes. Where can they find us? Oh, well, they can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, or SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. We're also on Facebook. Search for us there. Give us a follow, a like. You can also watch our videos on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We just put up a great Captain Marvel video explaining the differences between the comics and the movie, and also giving a quick review like we did here, but uh, a little more condensed. 
You can also find us on patreon.com slash the media lunch break where you can throw in some dollars. That's how they say it in Canada. Yeah. They say dollars. Ooh, throw in some dollars. You get some extra content. You can also send us an email at the media lunch break at gmail.com and you can visit our website at the media lunch Oh, right. And we're on Instagram. I've already forgotten. You need to add it to your typed list. I know. <laughs> I forgot. So uh, find our Instagram and give us a like because my girlfriend slash our cinematographer slash our director slash our editor slash like pretty much everything else that's good slash our producer slash our drill sergeant. Yeah, basically. She's uh, she's in charge of that slash our captor. <laughs> slash our casting director. It's only a matter of time before she replaces us. Uh, but she runs the Instagram account, and so far it's been pretty great. Yeah. It's going to be a real problem when the Instagram account overshadows the podcast itself. Yeah, you're not wrong, but maybe I can convince her to split some of that money with us. That's never going to happen. No, it's not. We're going to die penniless. Definitely. All right, that's it. We did it. That's it. There wasn't a thing, and now there is a thing, and that's always a good thing. We put our thing in the void. Yeah. As we as we do all the time. All right. I've been told that if you do that enough, you'll go blind. I have been shaving my palms quite a lot lately. How do you do that while you're blind? I mean, it's not easy. <laughs> and I have many, many cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Just be glad it's your palms. <sighs> oh, I was doing that too. That's why I finally had to stop. But it's in the void. Well, I stopped shaving it. It's all I stopped doing. Oh, I see. Still putting it in the void. I'm not going to pass that up. What are you, crazy? This is a weird bit. Even for us. This is a weird bit. I don't know why I chose to go down this alley. <laughs> this is a weird, weird bit. But you gotta end it somehow, I guess. It's like I looked down this alley and was like, oh, cool, someone's throwing out a perfectly good chair. <laughs> and I walked down there, and then, like, a gate closed, and it, the lights all went off, and then I had to run for my life. That's what this bit felt like to me. I can understand that. It, you know what the worst part of this whole thing is? We started a new bit that's equally bad. We left behind the chair. We left behind the chair instead of leaving our behinds in the chair. I mean, you pulled it out again, Andrew. You pulled us out I of the- pulled it out of the void oh, just so I can put it back in. Beautiful. Beautifully done. Beautiful. Thank really, you. Really. Really. I mean, Compliments we to the chef. We can't. We can't find a better ending for that. All right, that's it. We're done. I'm turning it off. Shutting it down. Going home. Goodbye. That was a nice chair, too. Um, so, uh, so, uh, that's going in the supercut, isn't it?